Everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and today I'm here at Texas Motor Speedway with Toby Christie from tobychristie.com. So we have jeffbuck.com and tobychristie.com represented here, and Toby is also from the Final Lap Podcast as well. Toby, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. It was a, a little bit more exciting uh, time at Texas than usual, so that's, that's fun. Yeah, um, you know, we sat up in the press box together, and uh, we were kind of looking at each other a couple times during the race. We're like, oh, okay. Hey, they, not- they didn't get away to a 10-second lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for a Texas race, I, I, I'll, let's start by saying this. Um, I have thought the last few years that Texas has produced the most boring races on the circuit, like right. painful, painful some races. Uh, you're just like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? How long is this race? Um, really, today, I mean, uh, you know, it was 3 hours, 16 minutes, uh, it did feel long, but I thought, you know, for the most part, overall, pretty good race, especially, especially by Texas standards. Oh, definitely. I mean, we saw the leader would get out to what, maybe 1.2, 1.3 seconds, but then we kind of rubber band back. And at some point it'd be like three tenths of a second, two tenths of a second. So uh, from that aspect of things, it was actually a little bit more entertaining to keep an eye on from the stands, from the press box, things like that. So hopefully the fans that were here enjoyed it more than what they've enjoyed the, the Texas races uh, recently. Yeah, I mean... Now that I think about it, I mean, what, what, what do you think was the biggest lead that the the race leader had all day? I mean, I mean, a couple seconds. The maybe? only yeah, if it was any more than that, it would it would have been through like the weird green flag pit stop sequences. Right. But other than that, if it was like a, just a strict lead, I, I think maybe two seconds. I didn't see much more than that. Yeah, and the other good thing about this race was that I felt like okay, so after a restart, you know, probably a solid twenty twenty five laps, you were seeing the you were seeing pretty decent racing throughout the field i mean the top guys would start to get sorted out and then but you know we would we would look all over the track Mm -hmm. and you're like oh well there's a battle there's a battle yeah there's those guys drafting he's trying to pass so you didn't get to the point where you you see it a lot of mile and a half races where you're just seeing them go Mm -hmm. you know just single file parade i mean yeah i think it was really hard to pass and obviously it was really hard to pass the leader um we we definitely saw that that's factory it wasn't impossible but it was pretty hard but I still think it would, you know, if you're if you're comparing this to normal mile and a half tra- normal mile and a half tracks, I mean, this is what I thought that the rules package was more supposed to do. Maybe I thought uh, a little bit more going into the season, but for the most part, especially with the long green runs they had in this race, um, I thought it was pretty pretty solid. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know what I expected going into it. I kind of expected this to be more like stage one at Vegas, at Texas, because Texas, like you said, has not been very good. Um, especially since the the repave and all that stuff, but even with the the Gen Seven or Gen Six car when it came out, it it just has not been a very good track for racing. Um, so I expected maybe Stage One, which was not very good at Vegas, and I thought that would be what we saw at Texas, but um, that was not the case. Yeah, so um, that's that's a big positive. Now, uh, you know, as far as the why that happened, I was thinking the entire race really. I was thinking that um, the pretty much the sole reason was that. Obviously, Texas recently been repaved, so it's not going to be like in Atlanta or Fontana. Right. But I thought that it was because of the cooler temperatures. Mm-hmm. And turns out, uh, you, were, you were hearing from some of the drivers that I was after the race, too. Um, 
yeah, they, they said no, not not necessarily. It, it was a lot it had to do with the, the VHT or the PJ1 or whatever, whatever you want to call, call it. it. Yeah, the traction <laughs> compound on the track. Uh, they made that second groove. I mean, Clint, Clint Boyer said that when he landed and saw all the uh, PJ1, he was like, oh, great, because he hasn't really had good experiences with it. Right. But he said it made a difference. Eric Jones said that the, the race was good uh, 70% due to that, 30% due to the cooler temperatures helping the grip. Um, and Denny Hamlin said it was because – uh, you could r- run right wide open for about three quarters of the way around the track, except mm-hmm. for turns one and two. So if you can do that, then you can draft off somebody. So, um, yeah, I thought that, I mean, it was interesting that mm-hmm. we haven't really seen that at Texas. We've seen it at Bristol, New Hampshire, right. but, uh, credit to the track for trying that. Yeah. And they actually went really high with it too. A lot of places <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, you know, Bristol, obviously, cause the top groove has been so much better. You have to do it on the bottom groove, but a lot of these places are trying it are putting it in the spot where the cars are already. So that has not been very helpful. Um, but they put it way up on the track, which was pretty impressive uh, to see them actually do that and to see it work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, it's going to be yet to be determined to see if this kind of racing at a mile and a half track will be sort of like a one-off, you know, because there's not necessarily too many tracks that can duplicate the track conditions here. And, of mm-hmm. course, once it gets into the summer, yeah. unless climate change happens a lot more quickly than we think <laughs> there's an ice age or something, uh, the summer will be hot. And so uh, the the extra grip that they got from the – and it, I, I know people were watching. I was getting some comments on Twitter. People are going, okay, it's it's Texas. Y'all are complaining it's cold. But it, it was, was cold. cold yeah. yeah, and it was cold. To that point, last April, the Xfinity Series race day was really cold here. So uh, the last couple spring races at Texas have been kind of chilly. Yeah, So and you're not going to see that for much longer, obviously. We're getting yeah. into part of the month. I mean – you know, uh, in about a month and a half or whatever, when everybody's at Charlotte for the 600, you're not going to get the, no. the, the cool <laughs> no. temps, keeping everybody bunched up with this package. So obviously that might require more adjustments. I don't know if, if it's, if it's so dependent on the track, but, um, I was, you know, again for, for Texas and we'll, we'll get into the was a good race poll later, right? but, um, the highest was a good race poll. I researched this so we could okay, find out that's later. Good for reference. Um, the highest one for Texas <clears throat> in the six previous Texas races up until today was 68%. Wow. So uh, there's been some not <laughs> bad <great> races, races. <laughs> at Texas. And I think I was like, okay. Right. Hey. Well, and what's funny is so in that, was the Keselowski uh, Gordon fight in that? I don't think so. Okay. It was just before that, probably. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if you had that in there, like, that still wasn't a good race, but you had the moment, which might be, get people to vote for it. But that yeah, makes more sense. I can't remember which, which one it was, to be honest with gotcha. you. But um, anyway, so it was actually, though, despite it, you know, we're, we're talking about the racing being better, definitely better. Uh, you know, I, I, it was kind of still a weird race, bizarre race, because it, it turned out to be um, heavily dictated on strategy and no tire calls. Yeah, kind um, of bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess we should try to sort through that. Denny Hamlin twice used no tire calls to his advantage, which was gave him the ability to overcome two pit road speeding penalties. And missing pit road. Missing pit road <laughs> and running out of fuel another time. I mean, that's a lot. You have those four things happen in any race besides today with the strategy they pulled to get it back. You're four laps down, five laps down. You're done. Right. I mean, that's just wild. Right. And and the way they were over to, able to overcome it, according to Chris Gabehart, the crew chief, was the object was, okay, we're going to spend as little time on pit road as possible. Right. Which meant taking no tires and hoping it worked out. Well, this just happened to be the place <laughs> where... Well, I guess you could say Martinsville last week, too, because for those who, who listen to the Door Bumper Clear podcast, mm-hmm. um, Brett Griffin and TJ Majors had talked about 
how some engineer, I, I think, I assume with SHR or something, had told uh, them that the Martinsville tires would have lasted 3,000 laps. Wow. So uh, That's a lot. These tires, from what the drivers were saying afterward, um, you know, they set, sounded like they could have lasted similarly long time. Maybe not 3,000 because it's a bigger <laughs> track. But, I mean, what, what was your takeaway about the tires? Uh, yeah, I mean, you obviously saw no drop-off at all. When he took no tires there in Stage 2, I was like, oh, no, he's in trouble. Like, he'll end up top 10 maybe but there's no way he's gonna hang on against four tires yeah and he even tried taking the lead uh, against kyle bush on the high side worked took it to with no tires and i i don't understand it i've never seen anything like that especially at a mile and a half track like that i've seen maybe darlington when regan smith uh, took uh, no tires there and got the lead held on to it for like a 10 lap stretch but never a 58 60 lap stretch like that uh, with with no tires at a mile and a half track that's just crazy yeah and i mean um eric jones takes two tires for his last pit stop. Now he did say after the race that the reason they took two tires was he was a little shorter on fuel than everybody else. So they were going to be on pit road, uh, for a decent amount of time right, anyway, so with the fuel. Well. So they might as well take him. That was my impression originally was, Oh, his crew chief screwed up because he took two. Why didn't he just take zero? Someone's getting fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as it turned out, uh, you know, it, it was just, be, they, they were on pit road anyway. They had yeah. to wait. So, but yeah, I mean the, the three cars that finished uh, ahead of Eric Jones, I think, I think it was three, uh, yeah, three cars. Mm-hmm. They all took. Uh, they all pitted after him. Took no tires and yep. rolled their way out. And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting how how that could work at a, at a mile and a half track. You just wouldn't think that would be the case. But mm-hmm. I don't know. They've got to soften up these tires. But I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, Kevin Harvick said after the race, his tires suck every week. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. And we keep having that. It's been several years of this where it's been getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And we had this several years back as well. Uh, I remember there was a race at Atlanta one time where like literally guys were there was no reason to change tires and that's even a super abrasive track and they were all frustrated it was like maybe 2006 or something yeah i believe tony stewart had a comment after that one exactly yeah yeah. and and so we're getting back into that territory again where the tires are just ridiculously uh durable to the point where it's like hey you know there's no benefit to even taking any tires and that's it kind of takes a lot of the strategy out i think yeah and it takes you know a lot of i think drivers would universally agree that you want to have tire wear to have good racing right you you know um, it, it, they want to manage their tires. They want to have fall off because it creates comers and goers mm-hmm. when it's a no brainer to just take no tires. And yeah. that's a winning move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twice. It worked twice for yeah. him. He got a stage win and a race win. That's just wild. And then you look at the, the lineup here, Clint Warrior in second, he had uh, alternator issues as well. Uh, had some, some battery problems and, and he rebounded, uh, by using the no tires, uh, strategy as well. So, uh, some weird stuff, uh, throughout the field here. Yeah. Um, Daniel Suarez finished third. He had a great day. Yeah, he did. He was he's had a great week like, all day. Yeah, no. I mean, qualifying practice. Daniel Suarez was probably the best Stuart Haas racing car all weekend long. He was good for him, man. I mean, he's been really proving himself. I, I'll be honest. When he went over there, I kind of had some questions about, you know, is he really going to be any better at all than he was in the nineteen? I mean, yeah, I don't think he'll run about the same. But I feel like he's been improved. Yeah, and that's a fair question going into it because he's driving the car that. A guy like Kurt Busch only was getting like one win a year in, you know, so a talent like Kurt Busch can only get one win a year. A guy who's not gotten a win at that point, Daniel Suarez, you'd wonder how he'd fare, but he's, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, well, and, um, you know, they haven't really been on it this year as far as SHR. They've been mm-hmm. a little bit off by their standards. Yeah. So the fact that he's, you know, can put forth a performance like that, I, th- I think is a positive sign for them. And then uh, Eric Almirola gets yet another top 10, seventh place. Um you know he's he's had a really consistent season so far. He's fifth a very in points. quiet, consistent season as well. Nobody's really yeah. talking about him. No, that's true. That's crazy. That's true. 
But every week he's he's pretty much right there. I mean, he's ahead of. I mean, Brad Keselowski has two wins, and Eric Almirola is ahead of him in the standings. Right now, of course, Keselowski had the weird thing happen where his car wasn't going anymore today. Right, but, right. But yeah, no, that's that's wild. It just shows uh, how consistent Almirola has been. It's yeah. been crazy. Meanwhile, though, Harvick, as far as that team, they seems like they're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, you kind of wonder if some of their advantage is gone uh, now with this whole thing. It's so weird. It's a big. Yeah, I mean, they they are usually so ahead of the curve every time anything changes on that car or or anything, and now all of a sudden they seem so far behind, even in their own team. Every week. Yeah. I mean, he was 16th, 20th all day long and somehow made a miraculous rally towards the end to get up to the top 10, but he was not that good throughout the day. Yeah, and he said, I mean, we're, we're farther off than we were last week, and He's pretty much like, everything sucks. I hate everything almost. I mean, yeah, was and this is a track quote. that he won last year. I mean, in what, the last two years, isn't it? He's won at this track? I mean, he's not bad at Texas, so that's right. very concerning. Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, he's had he's had times, too, I mean, where you look at Phoenix. Yeah. You know, that he's supposed to be a master there. Yeah, you expect you him know? to lap the field. Yeah, <laughs> so there, there's something going on, at least with, with Harvick, so we need to keep an eye on that there. Um, sorry for the background noise. We're, we're sitting in the, in the media center cafeteria, so um, not, not, tear too down many, going on. not too many <laughs> radio rooms here to do, uh, to do a podcast. But um, Eric Jones, I thought he was going to win the race. After, yeah. after Kyle Busch, uh, after his potential weekend sweep went awry as right. he drifted up the track, got loose, and then tried to make up for it and got in the wall, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was going to shake out in Eric Jones' favor, and he was going to go from a spin to win. Yeah. But – yeah, I mean, he ends up fourth. I mean, still, it's still, still a solid day. Yeah, from where he was, that's that's a win. I mean, I know it's a bummer because he thought he was going to win later on in the thing, but from where he was earlier, that has to feel like a win. And Jimmy Johnson fifth, William Byron sixth. There's, there's some glimmers of hope out there for guys who had been struggling like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. The weird thing for Jimmy Johnson is, though, once he did get back in that dirty air, he was stuck forever. I mean, he was stuck in that 10th to 15th range forever. And then finally, a little bit of strategy got him up towards the front towards the end, but... It just seemed like once somebody got to that fifteenth area, they were just stuck forever. Nobody could get out of it. Well, once once you once the restart shakes out, mm-hmm. you're not really going anywhere. No, I mean I don't really. You know, I, I remember this one point in the race. I think it was um, I think it was maybe Kurt Busch and Truex, and Truex was leading him. This is maybe for like eighth or ninth, and I'm telling you, probably like. <laughs> 15, 20 laps. Kurt Busch was right behind him. And they were sort of separated by themselves at that point. Right. And so there wasn't like a lot of other cars around them creating air. And Kurt Busch clearly had a faster car than than Truex at that point, And he could not pass him. I mean, he was right there. And he could not get around him. Finally, he gets around him. But it's like, you're not really you're not really making up any ground at that point. You And, and like Eric Jones said afterwards, um, you know, he, he couldn't make gains on lap times because you're pretty much all the way wide open for right. the most part anyway. So you're not going to be able to pick up lap times if you're if you lose your track position. Yeah. For the large part. And that's why I think that's why Kyle Busch overdrove it. I mean, right. bottom line, he he tried to make too much out of it. And mm-hmm. he said, I should have been patient, waited for the cycle through. Maybe I would have had a chance. But that's what they have to do. Yeah. I mean, he had to <laughs> sort of drive over his head and you can't push it too far. Yeah. When you have a car uh, uh, package currently where you don't have to let off the gas very often and you have a tire that doesn't give up, there's no yeah, place where, to make anything you, up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can try to draft. Uh, you can hope you have a good car like Denny did. Mm-hmm. Denny obviously had a great car. He did. Um, but other than that, you're pretty much reliant on restarts. Mm-hmm. I mean, your restarts are everything crucial and, and the track position. Yeah. I mean, it's just a weird, weird situation to be in that there's so little they can actually do at this point, aside from those couple little spots. And so those couple spots are hypercritical at this point. 
So it's obviously been a, a Gibbs and Penske season so yeah. far. They've won um, everything. Yeah, all seven races have been yeah. won by those two teams. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. And if you uh, go back to the last two races of last year, you can add those on as well. Right. So um, do you see anybody breaking this uh, stranglehold that they have anytime soon? I mean, Bristol is next week where it's a, a Kyle Busch track, a Keselowski-type track. Right. A Blaney track. <laughs> um, is it Hamlin, Truex? Those nope. guys are all good there. To that measure as well, Stenhouse is pretty good there um, as well. And he's had a couple decent runs this year, and he's not so afraid he, to put the bumper to somebody. You feel like Stenhouse could be the one to break the uh, the stranglehold of Gibbs and Penske? How funny would it be, though, if it was Stenhouse? Like, after all this, the, the guy that everyone hates uh, <laughs> finds a way to get it done. But he has been decent uh, at Bristol, and it's a place yeah. where – uh, if your equipment isn't quite up to the standards of everybody else, you can kind of overcome that a little bit. So maybe. And Larson. Yeah, Larson for sure. Know, he's, he's looking for he's anything. Really, I mean, <laughs> let's see. Where is he in the standings? Larson? Oh, he's, he's 12th. Yeah, he had some good finishes in the first, like, five races or so, but recently it has just fallen off. I mean, it's yeah. just been a, a bad week after bad week. Yeah, so Larson right now, he is 25 points inside the playoffs. Um, I don't think we've really talked too much I mean, I haven't seen too much playoff talk yet. I know because yeah. it's so, so early. But in addition to the guys who have wins, which are Kyle Busch, Jenny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski, that's it. That's it, yeah. Um, the current playoff drivers would be Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola, no surprise, Truex, Blaney, Chase Elliott, no surprise, Kurt Busch, Boyer, Larson, no surprise, and then Stenhouse, Suarez, Johnson, Eric Jones. Wow. So Stenhouse would actually be in the playoffs currently. Stenhouse is 13th in points. That's impressive. That's very That's impressive. That's kind of surprising. You don't me. realize that. <laughs> yeah, because Newman is 20th in points. Man. I feel like Newman's been running better than Stenhouse. Yeah, he maybe, does huh? have some weird luck that happens every now and again with Newman, though. Yeah. But uh, I'm really impressed by hearing how far up Kevin Harvick is in those standings, actually, based on how far off we've thought he is. Right. But maybe that's just a measure on where they were up to this season. Yeah, I mean, he's third in points. He's only 33 points behind Kyle Busch. Um so that's kind of interesting. But uh, the guys on the outside right now, Austin Dillon, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Ryan Newman. Um, you know, I, I, I guess there's no huge names on the outside of the playoffs, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be start to be some pressure on some guys if things don't turn around. Yeah, but William Byron has been showing a little bit uh, the last few races. Austin yeah. Dillon has had speed almost every track and qualifying at least. Uh, doesn't always put the race together, but there's a couple guys that could have a crazy one-off weekend. Uh, and get a win. So, I mean, there are some names back there that could get it done. Yep. Any Anything else uh, jump out at you from this race before we move on to the uh, the Was It a Good Race poll? <laughs> I'm going to try to stall on that as much as possible because I didn't do very well last time. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but we did have, what, 26 uh, lead changes, which is pretty good for Texas, I think. Really? 26? Yeah, I know there was a oh, lot yeah. of weird green 26 flag. 26 lead changes among 13 oh, drivers. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was probably – there was probably a lot of green, green flag, flag pit, pit stops, stops. but – Still 13 different leaders. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the leaders, it was guys who – you also had you know guys who were leading a chunk, so it wasn't just one lap at, at a time necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Let's see. Denny Hamlin led 45. Uh, let's see. Eric Jones, 30. Let's see, 60. Yeah, so, I mean, you had some guys that only led a few, but for the most part, um, I mean, there was one, two, three – four, five, six, seven different drivers led double-digit laps today. That's pretty good. So That's a that's pretty decent. even spread, yeah. yeah. It's not like – what a departure from Martinsville. Right, where, where a guy wins or leads yeah. 460 yeah. whatever laps. Yeah. Um, okay, that, yeah, that's a fair point. So, all that said. Right. 
You want me? To, I, I'm assuming you want me to go first on the was the good race poll. I mean, I can go first. Oh, okay. I, I, you want I, to? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, you said the best at Texas ever was 68. Well, yeah. Since the poll started, there's been six right. races. Obviously, two years this is the fourth year of doing the poll. Right. So dating back to, to, to 2016, the best has been 68. percent Well, I'm going to say this was definitely better than any of those. So I'll go 73. percent I, you know, oh, that's tough that you took that one because uh, I, I do think it's going to be in the 70s. I think there's, you know, I'll, I will say this. Twitter did not necessarily agree with our assessment because I got really? back to my computer and a lot of people were still saying that race sucked. Well, and a lot of that screwed this up. could be the TV coverage, though, because I, I kind of brought that up on there as well. And people are like, no, TV's yeah. not really showing us much, guys. I got that, too. I got a lot of people saying today, oh, my God, there were so many commercials. We missed so much. We missed lead changes. Mm-hmm. We missed stuff happening on the track. Um, and you know, as you know, I watched Martinsville and that was frustrating commercial wise. So I can, I can relate to, uh, understanding <laughs> that you, you miss a lot of green flag action. Um, and there was a lot of green flag yeah. action today. So there was, you know, they had to get those commercials out there then. Uh, but also it seemed like, you know, people were saying that they was too zoomed in on one or two cars and right. the best part of sitting up in the press box today, you get a full view. Of yeah. I mean, we, you, and you really had to look and see, wow. There is, you know, a clump of eight cars right here mm-hmm. who are all kind of like within my one vision spot on the track. Yeah. And they're all together. And if they're zoomed in on one or two cars, people maybe, maybe, maybe you know, they're not seeing that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you can blame TV totally for that, but um, it sounds like that could have been a factor. Right. In people saying that they didn't like right. it just based on what I saw on social media. So mm-hmm. maybe people I, I was seeing the whole race of people are going to say it's, you know, maybe upper 70s, but maybe they won't. Um Especially Denny Hamlin, not a popular winner. Right. Ryan Blaney went out of the race. Chase Elliott faded. Kyle Busch did slap the wall, though. That helps People your poll. do like that. <laughs> um, man, 73 is such a good guess. You know, uh, I hate to I hate to price is right you on you this You got to do it, man. Go for it. I, I just think I'm just going to say a solid uh, 75%. I'll, I'll leave you a little bit of a gap, but it's basically going to be uh, a plus. You know what? No, I will go seventy four. Wow! And it's either we're, it's yeah, gonna be over see, under. Yeah, that's it's gonna good. be over under straight up. No, no chance for a tie here. So <laughs> excellent. I like it's gonna it. throw down seventy four for me, seventy three for you. <laughs> excellent. Kind of going back to the TV thing though. The one thing I did pick up in the press box as well was uh, on Twitter there was a long caution flag at one point, and then people were like, "Why well, has it been a long caution flag?" And I'm looking up at the TV, and they're in the studio with Jamie Mack and all those guys. I'm like, well, this would be a perfect time for a commercial. You've got this long caution flag here. <laughs> yeah. And then they go back to green flag and within five laps are commercial again. So it's oh, like, really? yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I that, that was the caution where they were trying to clean up Larson stuff on pit road. That's the one, yes. Yeah, we had a big view. Of, yeah, we're having problems getting all the oil and stuff. Yeah, off and the, the car caught fire and it was just a mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Toby, um, I know you're doing some new stuff this year, so I don't want to just, like, not give you a chance to talk about <laughs> it because I've seen – you're, you're getting a good response, and uh, I'm, I'm a patron. So can you just briefly tell us about what, what you're up to now with tobychristie.com? You've got a T-shirt, so it must be important. Something's going on here. Uh, so, yeah, no, I've, I've been uh, – when Jayski went down, uh, there were a lot of people. Uh, they were wanting team charts, PDFs, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I think Jayski's supposed to be coming back, uh, so that's cool for them. But I went ahead and said, you know what, fine. I'll just start putting this stuff out there, trying to do my best to compile this information for you guys. And it's been going pretty well. It's been uh, pretty awesome, but uh, I do you're still trying write. To, you're trying to fill the void that Jayski had with a lot of the information. Right, right. Trying to compile as much as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, I'm pretty busy as far as my day job plus this and everything else like that. But uh, I, I try to do as good of a job as I, as I can, and I, I've gotten a lot of uh, pretty good positive feedback from it. Like you said, I've got people paying me on Patreon, which is nice. Those people are awesome. 
Uh, they are so dedicated to what I'm doing, which makes me want to do it even more. It's like, wow, these people really care. So it's been really cool. Uh, I've got photographers here this weekend for me. Uh, they've been taking some awesome shots. I'm pretty excited to go back there and see what else they've got for me. Uh, but it, it's been really fun. It's been, uh, uh, it's grown a lot faster than I expected too. Cause when I made cool. the call to do this, I was like, okay, this maybe mid season, I'll have some decent traction, but it's, it's just blown up. It's been awesome. That's really, really cool. And, um, it's Toby Christie, T O B Y C H R I S T I E not Y. That's right. Yes. I E, uh, is the end of his last name there. I've had so. my first name and last name spelled so many different ways over my life. I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> and fun story. Our last name was originally a Y. Um, but my grandpa, I think when they moved somewhere, somebody on the street had the same last name, exact same spelling. He got tired of getting their mail. So he changed his last name to an IE. He changed it cause he didn't want to get their mail. He was getting tired of getting somebody else's mail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a very valid reason. Pretty I'm interesting. Sure it made his life easier after that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Toby, uh, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, for everybody else. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast.